And we thank you today, Father God, for the power of your presence, Lord. And we just ask that that you meet us right in the middle of your word today. And we'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. I want to talk to you this morning. It's kind of a, a different kind of uh, of a message that I have for you. I mean, it's just something that I haven't <clears throat> looked at before like this. But I believe that God is speaking to the children of God to prepare themselves because I do believe that the coming of the Lord is soon. And I do believe that uh, And Sunday school lesson this morning was about Sodom and Gomorrah. And I do believe that God is stepping up the pace because of the wickedness of, of the world. And I, I want to talk to you today what the Lord says thou shalt remember. When things begin to get worse, you know, they are worse today than when I was a child. And I'm sure that the evilness and the wickedness that's perpetrated upon the world today is even going to get worse. And we're going to have to be stronger. As the world gets worse, God's people have to become more powerful in him. So I want to talk about this today. Thou shalt remember. And uh, I want to encourage you in your devotions this week maybe to look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. Read it. It's a powerful chapter. These are the things that God spoke to Israel in the Old Testament. The, the enemy is working at Israel now, trying to despair Israel, trying to break the peace of Israel, trying to destroy Israel. So, you know, Israel is the timetable. And we watch it and we see and we know as what the things that are happening there. We understand that God's pace is much more speedier than it's been in the past, this I believe. So I want to encourage you that we're going to look at the things that God told Israel that would make them a good nation and would strengthen them and would they would be the apple of his eye if he would be obedient. And so sometimes it's nice to just look back and see what it is that God spoke to his chosen because how many know when we're born again we're his chosen so he's still speaking to us. So Deuteronomy 8.2 is the reference for the message today. And it says, Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God hath led thee, to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what is in your heart, whether thou would keep the commandments or no, whether we will keep the commandments or we won't. Well, thank God that we've been liberated from all of the restrictions of the Old Testament through the grace of God, but that doesn't change the instruction that God has given to his people. And so today we want to know that he says, thou shalt remember. So I believe that uh, quickly we need to start to think about the things that God has done in our life. Now, most of us are at uh, an, an older age. We're not old, of course, we're better. But uh, we've had a lot of trials. We've had a lot of temptations and we've had a lot of struggles and God has been proving us and God, God has been humbling us. Have you have it? Have you had a situation which humbled you? You know, God has been doing these things to see what's in our heart, to see if we'll serve him through the trials and the temptations. And I think we need to be reminded of that today as we see the evil that is perpetrating even our children in this world today. We need to comprehend what God has been saying to us, that we would remember the good things. We remember what he wanted to do to us to make us a better Christian for him. So we usually can remember negative things. 
You know, it doesn't take much. Some some little thing can push a button in us, and we'll remember something, you know, 35 years ago, and and then we'll remember the things that we felt and how we were angry. And then sometimes it just stirs a little anger in us and gets us to think negative all over again. But today we're going to focus on remembering the goodness of God, the power of God. You know, we we do have hardships, and we put them behind us so that we don't want to think about them anymore. But And somebody said, leave everything behind this one thing I do. I put those things behind me. But in another piece of scripture, it says, look back there and see what I did for you. And so we need to look back and see those things and understand that the hurt is healed and that we're forgiven and that we can get through another uh, temptation in our life. And so that's what the message is about today. And it begins with a question that the thief on the cross asked Jesus. You know, he said, remember me today when you come into your kingdom. He didn't say anything other than that. He just said, remember me. That's what it takes to be remembered by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was quick to answer him. And he said, today, 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 you will be with me in paradise. And this very day, he was forgiven. You know, we forget about how powerful the forgiveness of God is. We have something that happens in us, which is terrifying or or very hardship. And then we think about that and we mull it over and we put it away. If we're a good Christian, we pray and we put it away and we say we won't forget it. But, you know, God wants us to remember those things where he healed us where he set us free, where he gave us victory, where we overcame the powers of darkness, and today we're living in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it is okay to look back, but when we look back, it's for praising God, and it's for thanking him for his forgiveness, and it's for remembering how powerful he was that he could get us through a trial and a temptation and something that devastated us, but he can get us through that and make us over and give us victory. So thou shalt remember those things. You know, we're a people that we like to remember certain things, but we don't want to remember everything. But God is speaking to the church today as things get more wicked in our world. We will become more powerful in God if we remember the goodness of God in the land in which we're living. God gave us goodness in this land, not just evil and not just proving and not just those things. But when we are proved and when we get through those things and when we show him what's in our heart, that we will not sin against him. We will not step out of line. We won't quit the church because they preach something strong you know, that will be faithful to do what it is that God wants to do to us. And so when Jesus said, he says, today you'll be with me in paradise, he didn't even go through the sermonized uh, Thanksgiving prayer that we do. He just said, today, today. And today God forgives us. Today God sets us free. Today he doesn't remember those things. I was just sitting back here thinking of some of the trials and the tribulations that I've been through. And I started to thank him. And I started to realize those things have been in my life for years. And and I have not thanked him for those for a long time. So God wants us to remember and to thank him for the trials that he's brought us through, the hardships, the hurts, the disappointments. So how easily it was for Jesus to forgive, but how hard it is for humanity to forgive. You know, there's things that have gone on in our life that we say we forgive and we want to forgive, but it just push a button and we're there and we're telling it all. And then we get a little, you know, uh, angry 
about the situation and then we remember, well, they owe me or this and that. But God wants us to be like Jesus. He wants to say today, today I forgive you. Today I want to be whole. Let's get into our closet and see what's there that needs to be taken care of. Because we are a people who like to stuff things in our closets. And just instead of forgiving, just don't remember. But when we remember those things, God says he's gave us those things to prove us, to see what is in our heart, to see if there's forgiveness in our heart, to see if we can forgive the person that really devastated us or the insurance company that didn't do their job or whatever that is that the enemy sends to harass us. So we think of the suffering Christ. We think of what he went through. We think of, I could give you scripture for all this, but you know this. You know how he suffered and bled and died on the cross. And you know how the very people that he was dying for was going in front of him as he died, cheering him, mocking him, scoffing him, and doing those things. So we have been through that, church. We've been through heartaches. We've been through things where we felt we've been mocked and jeered at. Nothing compared to what Jesus did. But we have been in those circumstances. But today I want to tell you... We need to go to the closet, jerk out anything that's not of God or anything that a button that can be pushed to cause us to, to be angry or to be uh, unforgiving and get the closet cleaned out and get ready for a move of God that's going to come across the nation to the people who have a heart to keep the commandments of God. And so there is suffering. Our, our salvation was birthed by suffering. So church, we're going to have suffering. But he is able to secure us. He's able to forgive us. He's able to get us through those heartaches. And so when we remember those things, it's not so bad to remember them. It's when we remember them, it offers up praise and thanksgiving. We say, God, I should have ended up like this, but look how I ended up. I ended up loving you and serving you and benefiting from the blessings of my salvation. So I'm talking to the church today. I'm talking to people who love God, who have the Holy Spirit. I'm talking to us. We have to we have to get into our closets. We have to clean them out and we have to be prepared to stand strong in the face of suffering and disappointment because it's coming to the people of the God. God says that there is suffering. If you if you follow Christ, he's a crucified pathway. You know, there's crucifixion, not like Jesus suffered. Because he went before us in those things. But there is suffering. There is heartache. There is disappointment. We love our children. They don't always do what we want them to do. And thank God when they do what we want them to do. But I tell you of the truth today that we have to get ready to be clear, to be purified for the kingdom of God is at hand. This is on my spirit today. So as we look in the scriptures today, we see the various times that God said to us to remember. We are to remember, we are to remember the way God led us. How did he lead you? What what wilderness have you been through? What trial, what tribulation have you been through that he's brought you out of? And you can sit here and not be bitter, but you can sit here and be thankful and have a praise in your heart that you have overcome by the word of God and by the salvation. Philippians 2.8 says, this is so important today, church. It says about Jesus, you know, he was full of humility, he was full of humbleness, he was full of no bitterness, he was full of forgiveness, and and the Bible says in Philippians 2.8, 
He was found in the fashion of a man, and he humbled himself, and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. God is looking for humbleness in his servants. God is looking for us to be willing to die if we have to die for the cause of the kingdom, because the hour is upon the church to pray for Jesus is coming very soon. It's always easy to talk about humility. It's always easy to talk about humbling. It's always easy to want to be a servant. But when we come to that place where it stretches, it stretches us and we have to do the things that we don't want to do and we go through spots of suffering and we wonder why, you know, why I was I was talking to Beverly, you know, that it's just one thing after another with her. And I, I was encouraging her with this. But I thought, you know, when you're like that, you're not always encouraged by those things. Mainly, you're just encouraged by the prayer that someone loves you enough to pray for you, that God will bring you through that crisis. Because we've all been through a crisis of some sort. We've all been through a loss. We've all been through something like that. And we need to have compassion on one another. And we need to remember what God has brought us through and how he changed us and how he healed us and how he, you know, he perpetrated his grace upon us. So... I'm talking about humility. I'm talking about humbleness. I'm talking about suffering. I'm talking about the things that Jesus went through to prove himself to his father that he would be uh, obedient. This is what God says. He says, I led you these ways that you would be obedient to see what was in your heart. Jesus went through the same thing. And on the cross, don't you think that he searched his heart because he asked the Lord if he could not go through that? But God, but then he said, not my will, but thine be done. So he had to be willing, just like we have to be willing to go through what we go through. The writer of First Chronicles, I'm talking from the Old Testament today because I want to talk about the things of God that God said before we got to the grace that he brought to us in the New Testament. But First Chronicles 16:12 exhorts us and it says, remember his marvelous works that he hath done. When is the last time that you rose up in the morning and you said, oh, God, I remember all these things that you did for me. And you start to look at the glorious things that God has done in your life, the way that he has led you, the wilderness. When I opened this message up, we were celebrating our 40th anniversary here in the church. And the Bible said that scripture says, remember how I led you these 40 years. And I started to think about that. I started to think about the trials and the, and the temptations and the troubles that occurred uh, throughout my 40 years in the ministry trying to serve God with all my heart. And I started to remember those things. And then I started to remember the people that God put in my life to support me, the people that put they put in my life to encourage me and to keep me in the midst of my trials and tribulations. So the scripture says in First Chronicles, it says, remember his marvelous works. Remember what he's done for you. Remember how you got here. Remember the trials, but remember the glorious victory that God gave you in this. And it says, Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, the wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Did you ever just go through something and you got out of it and you were all through and you felt victory? And then you thought you thought to yourself, you know, wow, that was wonderful. That was wonderful. I, I can't figure out how that happened. I don't know how how God spared me from that, you know. 
because in the midst of it, you could not see his glory. But when you are on the other side of it, you could look back and remember the power of his glory and the victory that he had given you. So I want to ask the church today, have you experienced a wilderness time in your life? You know, have have you experienced times when you felt the heavens were kind of tight and you thought maybe God wasn't hearing you because you were in a, a mode of proving. God wanted to prove you. God wanted to see how strong your heart was to trust him in your journey. And he led you through detours to see how your heart would act, how you would be if you would be victorious. God doesn't plan evil for you. God lets it lets it happen sometimes that you will be proved in your heart that you will trust him in all circumstances. And church, if there's ever time that we're going to be proved that our trust is in God and proved that our heart is right with God and we want the things of God in our life, it's this hour. This is the hour that we must humble ourselves and pray. And you know that by the scripture that I'll conclude with today, if we will humble ourselves and pray, God will heal our land. It's not just the land that needs healing. It's the temple land. It's us. It's where we live. So he says in, in Deuteronomy 8, 2, thou shalt remember, remember all the way he led you. Remember the rough paths. Remember the detours. Remember those things not to... To be gratified that you recognize the enemy is after you, but to bless his name and to worship him and to thank him. And it's okay to look back and to thank God what he's brought you through and bask in the victory that he gave you. Because sometimes, church, we get so harassed by the enemy time and time and time again, and we just don't have even time to stop and say, wait a minute. Devil, I, I know what God brought me through 20 years ago, and I know what he's able to bring me through today. So God reminded Israel twice in Deuteronomy 15, at the 15th verse through the 24th. He says, thou shalt remember that thou was a bondman in the land of Egypt and the Lord thy God redeemed thee. Now, we didn't probably none of us been in Egypt. But we have been in bondage. There has always been the enemy has always tried to harass God's people with bondage. You know, anything, little things, is the things that, you know, the small foxes spoil the vines. It's the small things that just wear us out. Scripture talks about that. And he said there are, there are things in the flesh that just wear us out. But the, Jesus, God said in Deuteronomy 15, says, Thou shalt remember that thou was a bondman. When is the last time you thought, I once was a sinner? We don't want to remember that, you know. And I don't want to remember the sin, but I do want to remember that God delivered me. I do want to remember the glorious hour that he set me free. I do want to remember that once I got I got out of it and got over it and it was done, there was victory in my heart and my life. And that's what, what God wants for us today. He wants us to see the pathway that we've taken and he wants us to see that it was a proving process to see what was in our heart. And evidently what's in our heart is good because we're still sitting here in his house. We're still worshiping him. We're still claiming our salvation. And often we ask him to forgive us, to keep us in the right place. So twice in Deuteronomy 15 and Deuteronomy 24, he reminds them that he brought them out of bondage. You know, and when we live in freedom and when we live in grace and when we live in mercy and when we live in the goodness of God, sometimes we just put out all of the badness in our heart and our life. 
But that is the place of worship. That's a place of thanksgiving. That's a place to honor God. And uh, I do want to say that uh, lightly. I don't want us to bask in the back, in the back years. But I do want us to see what God did in our life and the, and the, the way we are today. Psalm 77.10, you know, it talks about the deliverance from troubles. You know, God has delivered us from many, many troubles. Sometimes he's gone before us and, and built a fire that won't, we won't get through until he is, is touched us and made wholeness in our life. And the psalmist said, this is my infirmity. This is, this, this scripture blew me away. I've read it and read it, but you know, sometimes you don't stop long enough to meditate on what God wants to say. And this passage of scripture, it says, this is my infirmity. The psalmist was saying that he had an infirmity. And he says, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. Verse 11 says, I will remember the works of the Lord. And then he says, surely I will remember. Not just he had to remind himself. He said, I'm reminding myself, but surely I will remember the works of old. And church, God does wonders in our life. He does wonders in our life. And sometimes we see it and we say, oh, thank you, Jesus, but we're on to the next thing. But there needs to be times of meditation, times of stopping and giving thanks for what God has brought us through. So Psalm 104 says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. Not just I don't just remember the heartaches, but I remember the works that you did in my life. When I was in that situation, I remember the days of old. I meditate upon all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. My meditation of him shall be sweet and I will be glad in the Lord. Psalm 143 and Psalm 104. And David, the psalmist, encouraged themselves in the Lord. I remember the days of old. When I remember them, then I meditate upon how you worked. In those days for me, I muse at what your hands did. I meditate upon it. You know, church, we're so caught up in the busyness of the day and all the things that are that are required of us, you know, to do. It seems like the days are so short. There's not enough time for everything. And we're just caught up with doing our bills and taking care of the house and and going to work and doing everything. And next thing you know, it's dark and, you know. But God is still there and God is working for us to have a time to meditate. He says, my meditation shall be sweet. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you meditate upon him and you remember the goodness of God, the things that he brought you through. Church, it's not just a bad bill or just a headache. We've gone through things that would have drawn us away from salvation. People that go through things in the church world, they get upset, they get bitter, they leave the church, they blame the church. But you know what? We can't blame the church. We have to talk within, get within our closet and see what's going on. And when it's not our fault, we still have to forgive. It wasn't Jesus' fault for all the sins of the world. But he was willing to say, Father, I will do this. I will, I will give, I will die to give forgiveness. So my meditation of him shall be sweet. I remember the days of old. Luke 24, 6. I want to talk a little bit in the New Testament. 
You know, the disciples were told over and over. This is not new to you today, but hopefully it's an inspiration, a thought. The disciples were told that he was going to go away. The disciples were told all that was going to happen. But when he when he was crucified and put in the tomb, and then they went to the tomb and he was not there, they were horrified. And God, we're like that today. God tells us, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But as soon as we get into a hardship, we're, we're, we're concerned, we're stressed. And church, either we believe the word of God, you know, and our heart is open to believe the word of God, or we will fail in our proving exercises. This is important, so important, church. And so they got to the tomb, and everybody knows the story. And they're going like, where is he? You know, they go in, they look, they see that it's empty. And the angels that were sitting there said, Luke 24, 6 and 8, said, well, he's not here. He's risen. You know, remember. Scripture says, remember how he spoke, spoken to you that he was yet, when he was in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man shall be crucified and the third day raised again. And they remembered not his words. And we're like that. We have the powerful word of God. We have all of this to look at, to live in, to see the promises of God. And yet it's so easy to doubt in the midst of our stresses. In our troubles and our disappointments, our stresses and our struggles. Does anybody know about those things? The, the struggles that we, we go through. Maybe we don't have hardships. But we have things that irritate us, that anger us, all kinds of things. I mean, just let somebody drive in front of you and scare the pudding out of you, and then we're we're a little upset, you know. So we have those kinds of things that we go through. So God wants us to guard our speech and how we handle it and how we deal with it, you know. Instead of doing nasty things, say, "Oh, the Lord bless you. I'm glad I didn't hit you," you know. I was reading a book this week of a man that wrote a, a, a Christian book. And he was given all of his uh, thoughts, you know, thanking his wife and thanking the people that helped him. And, and it was very nice. He was given a lot of accolades. And then there was one last sentence. And he says, And I thank God for the wolves that passed my cross, that, that passed my path because they made me stronger. Yeah. <coughs> so... Well, that's just a side road, but the angel said, don't you remember? And church, we need to remember the goodness of God. I can't help you remember because I don't know what you've gone through. But I know that if you'll sit down and give the Lord half hour and go to the devastation that happened in your life and then begin to praise him and begin to worship him and begin to magnify him, that that's no longer where you are. That's no longer what you did or that's no longer what you are a part of. But now you're saved by the grace, the amazing grace of our God. And you're healed and you're well and you're whole and you're on your way to eternal life. And there's still more proving ahead. There's still more times that your heart has to stay right and you have to clean your closet. It's just like the closet where you live. you got to get into there every once in a while and throw out the old and put the new in, you know. And God wants us to do that in our spiritual closet today. He wants us to make ready for a move of God that is going to change our lives 
perpetually unto his coming. We've got to keep changing and growing in the grace of God. So I don't want us to be like the disciples. I want us to read the book. I want us to hear what God says to us. When we read it, just read small portions, meditate on those portions, ask God to help you to remember, because that is going to be your lifeline in the days ahead. That's going to be your lifeline in the days of the wickedness of our world. The wickedness of our world is not going to get better, church, but God is always better. God is always greater. God is always more efficient than the world will ever be. So uh, remember that Jude 21, it says, keep yourselves in the love of God. That, that will help us a lot. Looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Every time you feel the mercy of God, give thanks. Give praise unto him. My final thoughts today, you know, when we have Holy Communion, it says, God says, Jesus says, remember me. Remember me. And so often we think it's about how we are but holy communion is about how he is that he he would forgive the thief on the cross you know and is anyone here perfect you know we all need to be in the proving ground don't we and so you know it's not about us that's why paul said well examine yourself come to that point that you know something is not right and get forgiveness you know, because God wants us to remember him, not us, but remember him in the communion. And so it, it, he keeps a book of remembrance, church. Does everybody remember that, that he keeps a book of remembrance in eternal life? He's, he's, he's checking us out all the time to see what's in our heart. And I find that when I think about that, I think, well, Lord, this, this probably is in my heart. It shouldn't be there. You know, because there's a conviction of the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't have to be a big black sin. It just has to be something that's keeping you from the greatness that God has for you, the goodness that God has for you, the path that he wants you to take that will bless you in a supernatural way. Hebrews 13:3. I said these are my final thoughts. I still have, you know, a little bit of a page here. But uh, Hebrews 13:3 says, Remember. Remember them that are in bonds. This is one reason why that God blesses our churches, because we remember the inmates. We remember the prisoners. Now, some people have more of a passion than others, but everybody's willing to let it happen in this house. And it says, remember them that are bonds as bound with them and them which suffer adversity. Remember them that suffer adversity as being yourselves also having adversity. And Jude 17 and 18 says, Beloved, remember, remember, it says, that that there'll be mockers and scoffers in the last days. Remember those things. You know, we, we, we see it and we know it, but we don't remember that this is something that the word of God warns us with. So there will be these things that's going on that we can't stand and we think is so horrible because we're in the days you know, of the sin of the of the world overtaking and Jesus is coming to take his people out of it. And Second Chronicles seven fourteen, everybody knows the scripture, but he says, If my people, you know, which are called by my name, there's a humbling process. Some of the proving ground causes us humbles us. 
Has anybody had a humbling experience recently? Because if you have, you will remember that that is something that God is proving in your life, that you will humble yourself and that you will trust God and that you will pray. The answer to all of this is our communication with God in our prayer life. And then when we pray, we trust him and we can pray the word. The word is powerful. If you don't know how to pray a good, powerful prayer, then get into the Psalms and pray one of those Psalms. You know, there's prayers in the Bible that are powerful that will take us out of the humdrum everyday routine that we pray and give us some power and some anointing to seek God and to touch the throne of God. I'm talking to the church today. I'm talking to myself today. I'm talking to those who love God today. It says, humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. Pray and seek his face. You know, if it's one thing to say, Lord, I love you. Help me. It's another thing to seek his face. Say, God, turn your face upon me. I want to see your face. I want to know that you're listening, that you hear, that you'll help, and that I'll overcome. Verse 15 says, now once we humble ourselves and we hear from heaven and he forgives us of those little little idiosyncrasies that seem to to persuade us, you know, that we're not living the way we should, that we just know that we aren't. And then we ask God to help us and then we try to grow in his grace and grow in the power of his word. And it says, then when you hear from heaven, and then verse 15, nobody talks about that too much. But it says, after you do this, after you humble yourself, after you hear from heaven, after you hear the voice of the Lord, after your sin is cleansed. Verse 15 says, now my eyes shall be open. We will see more spiritually than we saw before. And then my ears, the scripture says, my ears will attend unto the prayer that I'm making. Sometimes we just pray and never don't don't even we we have well God is good God is great thank you for the food amen you know that that's a pattern of a prayer and it works but it's not the same as saying God I I would be hungry without you you know there's a difference in saying it and words and a difference in being from the heart and God is looking for our heart today. And I know that I'm talking to Christians, but God wants more of our heart than he's ever had before. The closet probably is this big, and he wants it that big, and he wants it on the move to closing so that we can be holy and acceptable unto him. He's a holy God, and he's asking holy things of us. We may not be able to attend it perfectly, but we can strive for it. And then we will grow and we will have more grace and we will have more power and we will be a testimony of the God and the crucified Lord that we serve. Verse 16 says, for now have I chosen and sanctified this house. I believe he's done that in this house, but more than that, he's done it in these houses. God wants to sanctify the houses, the temples wherein he lives. He says, I have chosen and sanctified this that my name may be there forever. See, we're Christian. That's his name. And mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. He never leaves us, church. His heart is there perpetually. So I'm giving you the last words in Revelation where Jesus said these words in Revelation 3.3. He says, Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard and hold fast. There is no room for lagging behind. There's no room for being lazy in the power of the word of God. 
Jesus said this to the church in Revelation. Remember, remember, therefore, how thou hast received and how you've heard and hold fast. That's just the first time that he said it. But he had seven churches. He told them all to remember the goodness of God and he blessed them. So I want to say to the church today, what was our text? Deuteronomy 8.2, thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee. He led you in a way to humble you, to prove you, to know what is in your heart. Nobody else in all the world can know what's in your heart, but he knows. He knows when you say, I'm fine, and you're not fine. He knows when you say, I'm blessed, and you don't feel blessed. He knows when you say, well, Lord, I'll follow you everywhere. When he knows in, in your heart that you're going to go wherever you shouldn't go in a few minutes, you know, because he's a forgiving God. And he loves us and he will never forsake us. Amen. So thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee. He's working on humbling us, proving us, knowing what's in our heart. And he wants to know if we'll keep his commandments or no. What is his commandment? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, thy strength. Thou shalt love him. If we love him perpetually like that one verse or two verses says, and our neighbor as ourselves, then we'll be good. Our closet will be sparkling and God will be working in our life. The enemy will come in, you know, to, to, to harass you when you're right. And then you'll be proved and you'll stick, stick, stay sturdy and you'll stay holding fast because Jesus is coming. So I want to say to the church today, thou shalt remember. Remember him in Holy Communion. Remember him in meditation. Read this Deuteronomy 8. It will be an eye opener to you. It's what God said to his chosen. And when we become saved, we're his chosen. So he's still speaking this to the body of Christ today. He's still speaking this to our temples. Father, we love you. We appreciate all your word to us. Help us, oh God, that meditate upon you. Help us to remember how you brought us through the difficulties of our life. Lord, not to think sadness, but to praise you because you are so powerful that you could bring us through and that you could put it behind us and that you could give us a new life in Christ, oh God. We thank you today, Lord Jesus. I pray that every word that was spoken, God, will be from your word and will clarify itself in our heart and our life, Lord. Let us, let us clean out the closet today, oh God. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we ask it. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's uh, bring our tithe and offering to the Lord this morning.